everyone. Borodar, Kreuzo, Shemaya, Guten Morgen, wherever you are. It's uh, good to be with you uh, this morning. And as it's a beautiful day here in Abergavenny. Uh, last time I spoke about enjoying God's grace, just the fact that God wants us to enjoy his grace. And I want theme of growing today. Um, I've entitled the talk Growing Together because as well as growing individually in our relationship with God, we can help one another to grow together. So before we go any further, I want to show you a very short time-lapse video of two children called Lottie and Vince, and I think they were probably photographed every week for 16 years. So you're going to see 16 years in about 34 seconds, so stand by and watch very carefully this one little bit where the boy really dribbles. See if you can notice it. If you can see that again online, I recommend that you see it. Now, why did I choose it? I just want to um, get over the fact that where there's life, there's growth. And I think our God is a God of growth. He believes in growth. 16 years. I mean, you don't see yourself growing, do you? Uh, I know with my own children, Belinda and I, we didn't see them growing. But when you look at old photographs, you see how they've changed. And you know, as part of God's kingdom, he wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in grace. He wants us to grow in love. God wants us to grow. And the amazing thing is, even though we might stop growing physically at around 18 or so, so I'm told, um, you never grow, stop growing spiritually in God. So whatever age you are, you can keep on growing. So there's hope for Pastor Chris even now. Hallelujah. We went over to the city of Bath. Does anyone know the beautiful city of Bath? We went there um, on Monday to see our daughter, the first time we visited her house in six months before lockdown. Um, she's popped over briefly with her daughter and her husband before. But our granddaughter, Alice, is 18, 19 months and Jen is expecting another baby on Wednesday. And of course, it'll be late. And uh, I was just so amazed to see the difference in our granddaughter. She was saying, Tadki, Tadki, that's Welsh for granddad, and Mamgi, Mamgi. And her understanding and her growth, we were just amazed. We took her out for a few hours. We had an amazing time because we thought we've got to make the most of this. We don't know if. Uh, we're going to go into another lockdown or what, especially with a new baby on the way. But isn't it wonderful? You can probably think of how your own kids have grown. And I know I was talking to someone on the phone this week from church, very briefly, 
and uh, she was telling me that her daughter's going to be a year old about now, and I thought, oh, my word, I wouldn't recognize her if I saw, saw her, because, you know, we've missed out on six months. You know, all the new babies in the church, we've missed out on six months. But if there is no growth, if we look back at our own kids, if there's no growth, we would be concerned, wouldn't we, if our children weren't growing and developing. And I believe that just as we grow physically and as I grow older, God's heart for us is to continue, to continue to grow spiritually. He wants our relationship uh, with him to develop. And as I said, the good news is it doesn't have to stop. I know I'm growing older, but I know I'm growing in God as well with you lot out there. The bits may be dropping off, <laughs> uh, but we can still grow in God. Hallelujah. And it's such a joy, isn't it, um, to see our kids or our grandkids developing. And uh, I remember when I was, you know, we'd live for the day when the three of them were out of nappies, live for the day when they were back in school, uh, in, in, in infant school, junior school, Secondary school, university, married. Um, it's lovely to see them just growing up into adults. And it must bring such joy to the heart of God to see us growing. And I think discipleship, if that's what you want to call it, growing and maturing and just, yeah, growing up in God and becoming mature, um, it it's probably one of the greatest challenges I think uh, we in this country must be facing today. Many people are coming to God during lockdown. Perhaps you're tuning in right now and you're thinking about giving your life to Christ. And discipleship is one of the biggest challenges, I think, for us. Um, you know, we, have, we want to help one another to grow, um, to grow up and to become the outward looking individuals, strong in faith. So how do we grow? How do we grow? I don't know. It's just natural, isn't it? All I know is that where there's life, there's plenty of growth. Look at my garden. So very simply, I just want to share four simple points this morning. Um, they're not exhaustive. Uh, you can think of a whole host of others um, about, but just four points that I think uh, will help us grow. And the first one is to be grounded on the rock of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad Sarah and the team sang that song just now. I am founded on the rock. I will build my life upon your love. Um, and it's so important, I've discovered as I look back over my life, to be founded on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you're tuning in this morning, if you're here today, and you haven't given your life to Jesus, and you're thinking, oh, what is it all about? I, you know, I'm really interested. There's something about these people that they've got what I've got. They've got peace, perhaps, in these times, as Pastor Chris says. Uh, you know, I would encourage you to give your life to Jesus and build your life upon the rock. Because when the storms come, and we surely are in the midst of a storm again right now, he won't fail you. Oh, hallelujah. Um, 
I was reminded too that um, David, you know, we all know the story about David and Goliath in, in the Bible. David, the shepherd boy. This verse came to me in Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock, is what David wrote. He also wrote again in Psalm 40, verse 2. He lifted me up out of a slimy pit. I love that. He lifted me up out of a slimy pit and set my feet upon a rock. Brothers and sisters, church, like many of you out there, that is my testimony. As I look back over my long life, I can say, God, when I was about 20 years old, he lifted me up out of a slimy pit. I, my life was slimy. I was so unhappy. I was in a mess. But he lifted me up out of it. And my life changed because my, he set me upon a rock. My feet are grounded upon a rock. It says again in 1 Corinthians that no man can lay any other foundation than that which is laid. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. You know, David the shepherd boy rose to become the king of Israel. The, yeah, king of Israel after Saul he didn't let that position go to his head. He wasn't perfect. We know he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He conspired against Uriah the Hittite to get him killed so he could go to bed with Bathsheba. He wasn't perfect. He was king of Israel. But all through it, through the ups and the downs, he knew that his life was founded, that he was grounded upon the rock of Jesus Christ. His security wasn't in his position as king. His security wasn't in his ministry. His security wasn't in all the wonderful blessings that we enjoy as brothers and sisters in the family of God. His security was um, in God. And I know there have been times in my life, you ask my wife, wife you know, when I've, I wouldn't say I've gone off the rails but I've been in a right mess. I don't suppose any of you can identify with that, can you? <laughs> um, my life has been awful, and things have happened, and it wasn't God engineering the circumstances. I just went into the wilderness, and it wasn't part of God's plan at times. Um, but that was part of God, I think, trying to get my life founded upon the rock. Whatever ups and downs we go through, I believe God will conspire, is that the right word, or engineer the circumstances so that we are grounded upon the rock. So be grounded, be grounded. Just enjoy what God is doing in your life and continue to be grounded upon the rock. Colossians 1 verse 23 says, continue in the faith grounded and settled. Hallelujah. Are you grounded this morning? Um, oh, thank you, Lord, that you ground us and you use circumstances perhaps to ground us. But my life is built upon the rock of my Savior, Jesus Christ. As Pastor Chris sometimes says, oh, I love it when he says this, we are the most blessed people on earth because our lives are founded upon the rock of Jesus Christ. 
I've been probably driving Belinda mad all week. Nothing new there, folks. But I've been whistling this hymn. It was written by, is it Edward Moat, I think, in 1834. Hang on, 34, 1920, 16. That's... 184 years ago, and I just want to share it with you. Every morning I'm waking up to this. My hope is built. I'm probably not allowed to sing, thankfully. My hope is built on nothing less, nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh, I got goose pimples. Oh, hallelujah. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I've got to read this other bit. It says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. All peace be, all praise be to God. If you can Google it, Make sure you get the right version. Some of the first lines being changed. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If he's not your foundation, if your life isn't built upon the rock, I would encourage you just to build your life upon the rock. So the first point is be grounded. Continue to be grounded. And my second point is this. Hallelujah. Relationships. When we look at the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it dawned on me the other day that they're like a family. They're in relationship with one another. They all work to, uh, with one another. And in Ephesians 2, 21 and 22, uh, Paul was writing to the church saying, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a home, holy temple in the Lord. And it says, you also are being built together. We're being built together, brothers and sisters, into a holy temple in the Lord. Now, what does that mean to me? It means I need you. I need your input into my life. I need you, just as you need me. I need you. I don't think God wants us to be go. Well, I know he doesn't. God doesn't want us to be going alone Christians, um, doing our own thing, perhaps flitting from church to church, um, or anything like that. He wants us to be built together. I'm reminded of um, the early church in Acts when they fellowshiped from house to house, um, just enjoying um, fellowship with one another, enjoying sharing with one another. You know, you can help me grow. You do help me grow. And I hope I can help you grow. We're here to build one another up in love. And this morning, when I was thinking about this, this verse that uh, John F. Kennedy wrote, I remember when Kennedy was assassinated. That was one of those pivotal moments that I think we all remember, um, like when Diana was killed in Paris. But I remember John F. Kennedy in his inauguration address in 1961. I was, yes, believe it or not, I was 10 years old. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do 
for your country. We're here for one another. We're here to serve one another. And relationships are so, so important. So be in relationship. Be in relationship. Um, Samuel, you know, I love the story of Samuel and uh, how uh, his mother Hannah conceived him. But it says in Samuel, the boy Samuel grew in stature and in favor with the Lord. No, it didn't stop there. It said he grew in favor with the Lord and all men. And it's the same thing about Jesus in Luke chapter 2, 52. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God, of course, and man. You know, relationship is a two-way thing. It's about what I can give and not just what I can receive. How are we doing for time? Some wonderful lady sitting at the back of the church, an amazing lady, dropped some apples off at our house this week. They like the apples out of, um, who was the queen that gave the poison apples? Sleeping Beauty? Snow White, thank you. Snow White, they were these rosy, gorgeous apples. They're just delicious. I don't usually eat apples, but I'm having one of these every day. And uh, I was reminded, uh, I just happened to read last night in John 14 or 15, uh, where Jesus was saying, um, go and bear fruit. Prove yourself, you're my disciples, by bearing fruit. And I was realizing fruit is there to be picked. And just as that wonderful lady gave us this fruit. She wasn't for herself. It gave, it was for others to enjoy. So we're here for one another. You know, I've been in quite a few churches over the years, but what's kept me going, I think, is brothers and sisters. That's the one thing that has kept me going. Even when we've moved from Manchester down here, even when we left different churches and moved on, we always look for to be part of a church because perhaps without realizing it, we knew that relationship was important. And to grow, to grow, to continue to grow, I need to be in relationship. I can't do without you. I can't do without you speaking into my life. I can't do without your encouragement. I can't do without your laughter and fun. I, I, we need one another. So be grounded, um, be in relationship. And my third point, oh, you love this. It's going to be your favorite thing that you remember. It's obstacles, obstacles and battles. Don't we just love obstacles? Don't we just love the ups and downs of life? I wish we lived in this perfect world where it was all like the Garden of Eden and we could go back to it and there were no problems. But I've got to share this. James 1 Verses 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And I've realized 
I've learned the hard way over many years that if I want to grow, if I want to just continue um, with God, I need to have the right attitude um, to obstacles, to challenges. I hate battles. I hate it. I hate battles. But you learn from them and they get easier. Um, yeah, I was reminded too of, um, remember when Moses led the children out of Egypt and into the Red, uh, across the Red Sea and into the promised land. This was the promised land where God had promised them it was going to flow with milk and honey. But they didn't just walk into it. They faced battles. They faced the enemy. They had many battles and many lessons to learn. And God is just refining us. He's doing a work in us, a work we can't even understand sometimes when we face obstacles and battles. Um, We have a caravan in uh, not the Costa Brava, an idyllic place north of Aberystwyth called Borth. Or it's properly called Aborth, Aborth. And uh, I love when the tide is out to go running down the beach. And I was running down it a few weeks ago. And uh, the wind was behind my back. I was flying. It was wonderful. It was all hallelujah. I was praising the Lord. You know, just rejoicing. Oh, bless you, Lord. This is just incredible. And then I got to the estuary overlooking Abu Dhabi, which I can't go in because I drown and be, be killed by the tide. So I had to turn around. And when I turned around, boy, oh, boy, do you know what hit me? The wind. And it was like a gale was uh, behind me. And I was like this. I thought, oh, this is just terrible. Shall I stop? But the wind was against me. The forces were against me. But it's part of life, isn't it? We can enjoy times of blessing you know, we can bring out our tambourine like Miriam, you know, after we went through the Dead Sea. And it's all hallelujah. But we've got to learn to go through the tough times as well. Because God is producing a work of eternal value in us. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I go, my running buddy, if you're listening, you know who you are. Uh, on Strava, he put a comment yesterday. He went on a run. And he said, oh, that particular hill is a killer. And my reply was, yeah, but we love it really, don't we? (laughs) Um, You know, we've got to go through the tough times. We've got to go through the uphill times um, to become the people that God wants us to be. And, you know, what what seems like a disaster to you or to me sometimes is not a disaster to God. It's the opportunity for God to do something. And I do sincerely, from the bottom of my, my heart, I thank God for many people like you in the church who were going through much worse things than me sometimes. And the example that you set to me, we went to visit someone this week. And if you're listening, you know who you are. Hello. And the example this woman is, she's going through tough times. Is That's the understatement. But she was standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. She was facing these obstacles. And we came away from her house so encouraged, didn't we? So love to you if you're watching this morning. So G, what was G? Grounded. Be grounded. 
be grounded are relationships. Preaching to myself this morning, obstacles. And finally, W, you know what this is going to be, don't you? W's got to be the word of God. 1 Peter 2 verse 2, he says this. Like newborn babies, crave, desire, crave. You know what crave means? Crave pure spiritual milk so so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And in that version it doesn't say it, but in other versions it says crave the pure spiritual milk of the word, the word of God. Um, this isn't the phone. Perhaps some of you young people are thinking this is an old-fashioned phone. You know, hello? Um, this is a Bible because most of us use um, our phones these days, don't we? It's so much easier. But the Word of God, let it become part of your life. Um, let, yeah, read it. You know, Jesus knew the Old Testament. If you look through the Matthew, Matthew's Gospel and you've got one of these red-letter Bibles, so much of it is in red, uh, the sayings of Jesus. But so much of what you read, he was re- quoting from the Old Testament. He knew his inverted commas Bible, if you like, back to front. It says, Paul Peter wrote, crave, desire the milk of the word, so that though that through it you may grow thereby. Without the word of God in our lives, preached, read, the living word, Jesus, um, we won't grow. I've learned that the hard way. Many years ago, uh, I was at a Bible conference in Bognor Regis. Gosh, the kids were all in cots virtually then. And I shared with a guy called Andrew Jordan. His daughter was at school with Belinda oh, you know, my spiritual life isn't very good. It's not going very well. And he said what I didn't want to hear. He said, oh, are you reading your Bible much, Hayden? Oh, no, it's just too tough, you know. But he hit the nail on the head. Uh, what you, I sow, I will reap. And um, you'll probably think I'm a bit daft. Well, you know I am. But ev- every morning now, if I can, um, I, I get up. I get a nice cup of Welsh tea. I, I can't read in bed with, with, with my phone. I, can't, I have to read with my book. So I get a pillow or put the radio. I open my Bible. I open my Bible. I shake the dust of it. And I just read uh, whatever, you know. No, I do have a plan that I use. So... Yeah, enjoy the Word of God. Sometimes it's hard work. I'm reading through Ezekiel at the moment. Poor. It's not the easiest of books, is it? Uh, but I know that I'm sowing to my spirit. And, you know, Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the way of sinners. But in his law, he meditates day and night. You can meditate on the Lord, whether you're in the garden, whether you're in bed, whether you're at work. And it says, he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that brings forth his fruit in this season. Hallelujah. So, yeah, blessed is the man. Let the word of God 
be part of your life. So these are just four things I wanted to share with you. So finally, and in conclusion, yeah, be encouraged. Um, they're not exhaustive, as I says. Um, when we're in a right relationship with God, I believe we don't have to be worried about growing. It's, oh, I mustn't move. Um, it just happens naturally. It happens naturally because where there's life, there's growth. And where there's the life of the Spirit, there will be growth. Whatever, however many years ahead I've got, I'm looking forward to growing together with you guys. So be grounded. Continue to be grounded. Continue to be in relationship. To continue to face your obstacles because if you're founded upon the rock, you can face them and continue um, to base your life on God's word. You know, just like a natural parent is overjoyed to see their children growing, God is overjoyed when he sees us growing. Yeah, there will be hiccups on the way. There will be hiccups on the way, tell us. But uh, I think God wants our general direction to be growth. Thank God we can grow together. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that... Uh, you are just amazing. We thank you that you want the best for us. Lord, we thank you that when our life is founded upon you, Lord, whatever may come against us, uh, we are not going to waver, Lord. If we get knocked down, we're going to get back up. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells inside us, Lord. We thank you that we can bear forth, bear fruit. We thank you, Lord, for our family, our spiritual family, that we can learn from one another, that we can be there for them, that we can serve one another. And we just praise you, Lord, for the, for the word of God, Jesus Christ, who lives in our hearts. Father, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. Who is like you? Oh, Lord, among the gods, there is none like you, Jesus. We just want to sing your praises all day long. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know, perhaps God might be saying to you this morning, you, do you need to make any adjustments in your life? Do you just need to make a few tweaks? Give him permission to build that foundation in your life. Perhaps you need to repair some relationships. Perhaps you need to face those challenges head on and not run away from them. And perhaps the Word of God needs to come into your life. The living Word of God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, what about right now? Just thinking about it and doing something about it. It's so simple. All he requires you to do is to believe in him. To believe in him. Hallelujah. He'll sort the mess out and give you a brand new life. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, church. Be blessed and enjoy the week ahead. Amen.